All right, good to see you this evening. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Proverbs, chapter number 24, and we'll continue our series in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 24, and Pastor pulled out the used prayer letter, and I, I was reminded, I, I printed out the uh, Skeen's prayer letter and put it right on my desk, and it's still sitting there on my desk, and so I was going to, there was a little portion in there that, that I read, and, and I thought, boy, that was really positive. He said this, um, I'll paraphrase it for you since I don't have the letter in front of me, he said this. He said, uh, one of the positive things about COVID is that it has allowed him to retain his visa uh, and do his classes all online virtually while being here in the States uh, for Jack's birth and then all of the uh, extra that they've had to do for, for Jack. And so that has worked out really well for them because otherwise they would have lost their visa and you don't want to lose your visa. That happened to me once and it was a real pain and it, it took us almost a year uh, working through all the paperwork again to get those back. And uh, it, was a, it was a nightmare. So they don't want to do that. And so that's a positive thing uh, for them. And I was glad to read that. And I thought, well, that's, that's good. I'm going to share that. Because uh, there are good things that have been happening. Uh, it's easy to see the negative. Uh, I mean, they stand out like a sore thumb, you know. But uh, sometimes we don't always see the good and the positive that's taking place. Proverbs chapter number 24. And I want to preach this evening... Uh, on these, these few verses, we'll start here in verse number 1, Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. For their heart studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. Through, the, through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increaseth strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in multitude of counselors there is safety. Wisdom is too high for a fool, he openeth not his mouth in the gate. He that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. The thought of foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you for the, uh, the privilege, Father, that we have to gather in your house around your word. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. I pray that you'd touch each and every heart as only you can, and Father, help us to apply your word to our lives, uh, and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. I want to think about this thought as we look at these verses this evening, uh, building your life, building your life. And it doesn't matter what, where you are at in your life, we continue uh, to add to our life and to effectively build uh, our life. And so uh, Paul or God's word warns us in 1 Corinthians 3.10, you don't have to turn there, it says in the last part of the verse, it says, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Talking about his life. Uh, Paul says, I have laid the foundation and that would be Jesus Christ and salvation. And so I'm hoping and trusting that every person is saved here this evening and they've put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have that foundation that has been established, but after that we build every single day on our foundation, and our life continues to grow 
and become bigger as we, uh, we go along. And so uh, I think it's important for us to recognize that because I think some days we go through life and we don't think about the fact, I'm building my life today. Uh, we just kind of, uh, to, to quote a, a famous quote I've heard one time, uh, we just kind of go through life like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. Well, we need to be uh, positive about our life and, and not just flow with the way life goes, but rather be like a canoe on a river uh, and, and make sure that, hey, we're going in the right direction and we're not going to get caught up in the sidelines and the debris and all of that, but that we would purposefully build our life. So we have here three, three paragraphs we're going to look at. The first paragraph, verses 1 and 2, is the company that we keep. The company that we keep. We need to be careful. Look at what he says there in verse number 1. Be not thou envious against evil men. The first verse, he's talking, he gives us a warning to ourselves about what we, are, uh, what we have before us. And it would be the company that we would keep. Uh, or even things that we would uh, see. And he starts off the first phrase, Be not thou envious against evil men. Now, that would mean we would look at evil people and we would want what they have. Now, when we look at the, what the Bible calls evil people, they are people who are bad. We'll get into that a little bit. But, but the world always portrays it not as evil men, but as glamorous. That's what the world is always portraying. What is visible, perhaps, is uh, pleasure. Uh, I, I just picked a few of the things. Pleasure. What's visible about that? Well, the whole idea of party, or fun, or sensuality, or to be able to cut loose and, and have no restrictions and just do whatever you want. And the world makes that seem really glamorous and really enjoyable. But the, behind all those scenes and what you do not see is things that are, are there. It is the consequences. It's the guilt that they live with on a regular basis. But they don't show you that because Satan is a master deceiver and he does not want you to see that. So that's not shown. Uh, he, he doesn't show you uh, the troubles or, or difficulties of being a single mom and raising a child. He doesn't show you uh, the death from overdose of drugs. He doesn't show you people who are spending time in jail for foolish decisions that they've made in their lifetime. That's not shown and that's not pictured. The glamorous side of things is displayed and the Bible would warn us, hey, don't be envious of the glamour of sin. And there is a glamorous side of sin, but there's a whole lot of back uh, that is, it's like the tip of the iceberg, okay? You see that little tip that sticks out of there. You're like, wow, that looks, that looks nice. That looks good. But it goes really deep, and there's lots of problems that are associated that, not just with pleasure. Uh, what about riches, you know? Uh, that is one thing that is portrayed before us, and that is really big. Uh, you, look at, you look at things and you say, well, that's a very fancy house. I don't know if you went and drove around and looked at Christmas lights, uh, but, but sometimes some of the places you end up, you're like, man, that's a big house. And what I always think is, I would hate to upkeep all that house. That's what I think. And I think, and I'm sure my wife thinks, I would hate to clean that whole house. Um, and, and so, you know, some people, though, you look at it and you say, man, that's a big, man, I'd really like to have a big, nice house like that. And it can be appealing to us. Uh, or cars. Now, I like cars more than houses. 
And, uh, and so you drive down the road and you see this nice fancy Lamborghini go by or, or something and you're like, man, I'd like to have it. Or big truck, you know, big wheels and it goes and it sounds great. You know, you think, man, I'd like to have one of those and, and, uh, and, and they appeal to you or uh, other things, maybe other things. And you look at all of that and you look at the riches and you look at the things that they do and the luxury that they live and you can become envious of it. And the Bible would warn us as Christians, hey, don't be envious of all that because behind all of that, you know, a lot of that, it comes with turmoil of, fancy, of, of finances. A lot of it comes with debt. I'd you like to make their payment? You don't know what kind of debt they're drowning in. You don't know how they're sustaining that lifestyle that they're living. And maybe it's not a sustainable lifestyle, to be honest with you. Maybe that there's all kinds of problems that go with that. Uh, maybe it leads to crime and embezzlement and fraud. Uh, trying to get money to maintain that lifestyle becomes a real problem. And then they, uh, they lose it and it slides out of their hands. And all of a sudden they have all these problems and, uh, and there's all kinds of difficulty. Listen, Hollywood and TV is, is excellent at promoting all of these things. And what you see on TV is not reality. I'm just telling you. They put it all up like it. Man, it looks really good. Uh, we, and then I watch, I watch some stuff here and there as well. Uh, I watched an occasional Hallmark with my wife. And I look at it and I think, that is so far removed from reality. And some of the stuff they show, I'm like, that's not real. That's not how things take place. That's not the reality of it. And, and the Bible would warn us, be not thou envious against evil men. And we tend to think of evil again as, as well, uh, really bad people, but a lot of times they're polished and it looks really nice up front, but it's really not. And the things that you can't see are problems that go with all of that. And so we, uh, we ought to guard our desires by not, not uh, being careful, not to being envious about those things. Look at what it says in the second part. Neither desire to be with them. Neither desire to be with them. In other words, uh, who are we not to desire to be with? Well, evil men, the Bible says right there. And so if we're looking at these things, and, and some, sometimes we'll think, man, if I could just you know, hang out with that person, they've got all this luxury and they have all these riches, or, or this person, they have all that pleasure and all those things that go with that. And, and, and sometimes we can be envious and desire that kind of stuff in our life. And the Bible would warn us, hey, we need to control ourselves. We need to control what we're looking at. We need to control what we desire and not desire to have that stuff, or be around those people. And why? Why is that? We'll look at verse number 2. And so the first verse gives us what we are to be careful of and how we are to guard our heart. The second verse gives us the reason for the, that company that we need to be careful of. Look at what it says in verse number 2. It says, For their heart studieth destruction. Who's there? The evil men that it's talking about in verse 1. For their heart studieth destruction. They're good at destroying people, and you don't see it. All you see is the fancy, nice stuff that they want you to see. Uh, they, don't, they don't show you the, the bad parts of that. And, and they do exist. Their heart studieth, the Bible says, destruction. And their lips talk of mischief. 
And so we find that their heart, which is the core of their being, is bad. Listen, the Bible gave us warning way back in Proverbs chapter number 4 at the latter part of that chapter uh, 4, I think it's verse 23 or 22 right in there. It said, guard your heart. And we're talking about people who have a wicked heart and, and they are evil people and they are destructive and their lips will destroy other people. Uh, listen, and we've heard a lot about in the book of Proverbs the words that we say, we need to be careful about those. But this is the reason that we don't hang around uh, evil people, evil men, or don't desire what they have and don't be envious of them. Why? Because uh, they are, their heart is wrong and their lips are wrong. The things that they say. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 10, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Listen, sinners are really good at enticing and getting other people to fall and do what they do. They're persuasive that way. That's why he gives that warning in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 10 because he says, listen, they will entice you. They will say the right words. They'll know what, what, what to say to twist your arm, get to you to motivated to want what they want or do what they do. So we need to be careful of those things. We need to be careful of the company we keep. The Bible says in John 10.10, Jesus said this, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the thief does. But Jesus says this, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Boy, the world will tell you the opposite. They'll say, well, those Christians, they never have any fun. Those Christians, they're all... Uh, you know, they're, they're all straight-laced and, and, and they're, they're no fun. You don't want to hang out with them. And they'll entice you. But listen, Jesus wants us to have abundant life. Have life and have it more abundantly. That's what Jesus desires us to have. And that's how we can have it, is through Jesus and having a right life. And so He gives us a warning about the company that we keep in verses 1 and 2. So we need to be careful about the company as we think about building our life. Who's the people that you hang around? You need to be careful who they are. Um, and sometimes, I know at work, you don't have much option. I mean, you, you work with who you work with. But don't be envious of evil people. Don't be, uh, don't be desirous to, to run with that worldly crowd. And, and it doesn't matter what age we are. Uh, sometimes we think, well, I'm good and established, and I'm a Christian, and man, I go to church, and, and it's not a problem. No, listen, it's, it's just as much of a problem because the Bible warns us of it. And so we do have to continue to be careful. And so we find the company that we keep, we need to be careful of that. Look at the constructive material in verses 3 through 6. We find the company we are to be careful of in verses 1 and 2. Look at the constructive material as we talk about building our lives. And look, we can see in verse number 3 there uh, the idea of building. He says, through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. So we find there in the first part, through wisdom is an house building. Listen, we're not talking about a house per se, though it's applicable to a house or a home, just as though it's applicable to an individual life. But listen, your wisdom is going to build your life. Remember, we've talked about this many times. The Bible says in Proverbs 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. 
the Bible says that with, without that wisdom, uh, you're not going to be able to build your life effectively. In other words, it says uh, right there in verse 3, through wisdom is an house built. And you walk around a house. Have you ever decided, you know, I'm going to build a house or you're going to build something? You don't, you don't just go out and, and just start slapping t- stuff together. I built a, a, a bed set, a bunk bed. And you know what? I didn't just say, you know, I think I'm going to go buy me some wood and build me a, a bunk bed. Now, a bunk bed is really not that difficult. A bed's not that hard. But I didn't just go out and buy the wood. You know what I did? I started looking for plans. I, look, I started looking for ideas. I already looked, looked for something that was already designed. Why? Because you don't just go out and get a bunch of wood and slap it all together. It's not going to come out right. You're, not, you're going to be short wood uh, or, or it's going to come out squeehawed and, and crooked and it's not going to look right and it's not going to function right. And so the Bible says here that uh, through wisdom is a house build it. Your life is far more complex than a house or than a bunk bed. And our life needs wisdom to be built effectively. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know what that tells me? That without God, there is no true wisdom. Because the the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so if we don't fear the Lord, you know what that tells me? That uh, the, the many of the universities and colleges that are against God, they don't have any wisdom. Well, they got a lot of book learning, they got a lot of information, but they have zero wisdom. And listen, the wisdom comes from the Word of God, and we need to be careful that every single day we would go to the Word of God and we would say, hey, God, how shall I build my life today? And God will give you uh, something to help you build your life that day because the Bible says through wisdom is in house build it. So we find wisdom is important. Without God, there is no wisdom. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Psalm 14, uh, the fool has said in his heart that there is no God. And the people who would reject God, uh, they're not going to have that wisdom. And so as Christians, we need to lean on the wisdom of God and be able to build our lives. And then it says there in verse number 3, and by understanding it is established. I read that there's two different things there. One is to build something, but then the second thing is to establish something that is going to stand and that it's going to stay. Building is is quite simple, but building something that lasts requires understanding. And the Bible again would reaffirm in Psalm 111 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but the second part of that verse says, a good understanding have all they that do His commandments His praise endureth forever. You can have the Word of God in your hand. You can carry it around with you. You can take it everywhere you go. You can carry it to work. You can can take it to the breakfast table. You can carry it with you every part of the day. But if you don't crack it open, if you don't read it, if you don't apply it to your life, it is not going to do you any good. It's like, it's like going to the doctor, and I know we've said this many times, going to the doctor and they write you a prescription, they say, well, this is the problem, and here's the medicine to, to, to get it fixed, and, and they give you that prescription, and then you go to the pharmacy and, and you get that prescription fulfilled, and you take that bottle of medicine home and you put it on your counter, and then you never take it. It's not going to help you one iota. 
You have to actually put it in you. Listen, the understanding is the practical application of the Word of God. A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. In other words, that would take the Word of God and apply it to our life would establish the building of our life and make it something that would be worthwhile and that would last. Understanding establishes. And having the Word of God and living by the Word of God establishes your life. Look at verse number 4. After we've built it, and after it's been established, we're talking about the construction materials that are used for our life. Verse number 4 says this, And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Listen, if you're building something, it's always good to fill it up with something. Uh, you, you wouldn't build a house and then not put any furniture in it. That would be foolish. Uh, you would want to fill it with something. And the Bible here says in verse number 4, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled. Knowledge uh, would be, of course, understanding and knowing the Word of God. The more you read, the more you understand, and the more uh, respect and all that you have for God, the fuller and more complete your life will be. As we think about building your life, and we think about the, uh, the filling it, building it, establishing it, and then filling it. Look with me back in Proverbs chapter 3. Save your spot there in Proverbs 24. Proverbs chapter 3. And verse number 13. He says there in our, our verse 4 in our text where we're looking uh, that it would be precious riches. It would be filled with precious riches. Look with me in Proverbs 3.13. The Bible says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. And these, these terms are often used together. So there's wisdom, and there's understanding. And then the Bible says, For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof is than fine gold. It says in verse 15, She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Sometimes we look at these verses, and we see where uh, the Bible says that knowledge, with, with knowledge, or by knowledge, shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And we think, you know what, if I study the Word of God, then I'm gonna, uh, my bank account is going to be really good, and I'm going to have a lot of money. Man, I'm going to have a nice house, and I'm going to have a nice car. Listen, that's not, that's not what the Bible is talking about. What does it say there? Uh, turn back with me and save your spot in Proverbs 3. We'll be back there, but look in Proverbs 24. Again, it says in verse number 4, Proverbs 24, 4, And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And then back in Proverbs 3.13, Happy is that man that findeth wisdom and that man that getteth understanding, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. And so it's comparing wisdom and understanding, uh, and it's saying that they are better riches than gold. They're better riches even than rubies, he says down there in verse number 15. Uh, she is more, she being the wisdom and the understanding, she is more precious than rubies. 
and all things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. And so we see these uh, riches that are precious. Listen, that's the wisdom of God. That is the information that God gives us. And clearly, He wants our lives to be filled with information and with wisdom and with instruction and righteousness. And that's the things that He's given us in His Word. Remember the Bible says in Matthew 6.19, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. There's nothing wrong with having riches in this earth. Some people have them. Abraham had them. There's a lot of godly people in the Bible that had riches, but not all godly people had riches. You think about Elijah, you think about a lot of the prophets that, that did not have, and they didn't, they didn't have an abundance of stuff, but yet they were, had a full life that was blessed of God. And listen, we need to, we need to understand that uh, the riches that God promises are not always earthly riches. There's far greater rewards that are laid up for us in heaven than what we can have here on this earth. And sometimes we forget that. and Sometimes we get confused with that. Look with me at verses 5 and 6. We're talking about the construction materials. We see the wisdom builds. We see understanding establishes. We see that knowledge fills it up in verse number 4. In verses 5 and 6, we see that wisdom protects it. Look with me there. It says, A wise man is strong. Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in multitude of counselors there is safety. Listen, wisdom is going to make you stronger, and it will help protect your life. Once you, uh, you know, we lived in Peru, and uh, it was one thing to have a house. It was one thing to have house with stuff in it, but it was another thing to keep all of that stuff safe. I, I can tell you time and time again, we'd go visit people and, uh, and they would rotate. Uh, somebody was at that house 24 hours a day, seven days a week because they couldn't leave it. Why? Because there was stuff in that house and if they left it, somebody would break in and steal it. They didn't have walls. They didn't have a good security. Uh, they, they always, and we'd be, uh, we would invite them to church and they would come to church, but always one was missing. And then they'd rotate. And somebody always would stay home. Why? Because somebody had to protect it. There's another thing about uh, having that stuff. And listen, there's, there's a thing about growing up in church and, and understanding and knowing the Word of God and, and learning all the, uh, the words. And there's the other thing about applying that to your life. But listen, then there's the idea of protecting that for the rest of your life and staying faithful to God. And the wisdom is going to keep you uh, in the... In, protected from the wiles of the devil and from the wickedness that's in the world. And he wants us to fall. But here it says, A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. And so we find that the, uh, the wisdom that we get from the Word of God will protect what we are building. We see that the construction for our life, we see in verses 1 and 2, we can see the uh, company and the, the beware of the company that we keep. And then in verses 3 down through 6, we can see the construction as we build our life. 
Look with me at verses 7 through 9, and we'll see the condemnation of foolishness. Look with me there in verse 7. It says, Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. Condemnation of foolishness. Uh, in other words, uh, in verse number 7, he says, Wisdom is too high for a fool. He looks at wisdom. And he says, man, I can't get, I don't understand that stuff. I'm not going to be able to understand that. I can't attain that in my life. I'm not going to be able to, uh, to, to, to get that. I might as well just give up and forget about it. And his laziness will not allow him uh, to try and, and, and attain that wisdom. Look at the second part. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. The gate is... Uh, a place to meet. If you think about the gate in the Old Testament and their in their culture, the gate there's a gate around a there's a wall around the cities, and there was always the gate there. And the Bible brings it up many times. It was a place to meet people. It was a place to sell things. It was a place of of deliberation, like courts. If you remember back in Ruth's day, uh, when Boaz wanted to uh, to take Naomi. Uh, he had to go to the gate, and there was a whole process that they had to go through uh, before he could redeem Noemi. Uh, that was the wrong language. Uh, Ruth, I'm sorry. Noemi is, is her mother-in-law. Get them all confused. Before he could redeem Ruth, he had to go to the gate, and there was a whole process. Why? Because that's where the court deliberations took place. That's where the elders of the city would sit. And the Bible says here in verse number... Six at the second part, and or verse number seven, he openeth not his mouth in the gate. In other words, the voice has no fool, or the fool has no voice at the gate. Why? Because he's known for his foolishness. They all look at him and they say, "Well, that guy's a fool. We don't listen to him. He can't talk here. Uh, we don't we don't listen to him. There's no justice in his mouth. Uh, there's no honor. There's no respect for the fool." And so he has no voice in the gate because he's foolish and wisdom is too far high for him. Not only that, but look at verse number 8. He's known for mischievousness. He that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. Well, there's a real simple verse for you. He that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. Have you ever known somebody that is they're just mischievous. You just know they are. Usually it's little kids. They have not, uh, they have not been uh, corrected yet and got all of that out of them and got it all straightened out. And, and man, they are... And usually, to be honest with you, the cutest ones are the most mischievous ones. I don't know why it is. I think God gave them good looks to make up for their mischievousness. I don't know why it is. But I just know that uh, they're, they're mischievous. And listen, that's one thing for a little child. We understand that, uh, hey, they're, they're in the process of, of being corrected and, and, uh, and the parents are working with that child. But listen, when they get grown, that shouldn't be a problem anymore. And the Bible would warn us here in verse number 8, He that deviseth to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. The word devise means to form in the mind by new combinations of ideas, new applications of principles, or new arrangement of parts to formulate by thought. There's people who sit around and they think up wickedness. They do. 
they sit there and they'll plan and they'll figure out and, and, uh, and they'll, they'll plot and they'll, they'll scheme and they'll figure out how to do wickedness. And the Bible would warn us, hey, those are mischievous people. And it's condemning that kind of foolishness. Look with me at verse number 9. Because he goes out and verse number 9 he says this, the thought of foolishness is sin. That's pretty clear in the Bible. Foolishness is sin. And so uh, he's very clear. He's condemning the foolishness. And then he goes on, and the scorner is an abomination to men. A scorner, uh, somebody who scorns, is extreme contempt or disdain or derision. Those who hate the Bible, God's rule of order, they are an abomination to men. That's what the Bible says. And so uh, we need to understand that God condemns that foolishness. That would tie right back into to the first part. It says uh, we need to be careful of the company we keep. Be not envious of evil men uh, and be not, don't desire to be with them. Why? Because, listen, God condemns foolishness. It's a sin. Uh, those people are scorners. Uh, they devise mischief in their minds. They're thinking of ways that they can cause problems and cause destruction and cause uh, a hurt to other people. And we need to be aware of those. Listen, if we're going to build our life, we need wisdom, we need knowledge, and we need understanding. The, the three, three that it gives there in the center of those, that passage. We need to be careful that we build our life. And we're careful not to envy and not to be around or desire to be around the wrong crowd. Because God condemns that very clearly as foolishness. And foolishness, the thought of foolishness is sin. And the scorner is an abomination to men. So we need to be careful uh, as God condemns foolishness uh, and not make it part of our life. Listen, a lot of the stuff uh, that exists uh, in the world today, it just pushes you to foolishness. I mean, it's, it's a big, wide, broad track that is just corralling the rest of the world in a direction of complete and utter foolishness. We need to be careful about that in our life as we build our life day by day with a brick and say, you know what? I want to put down a brick that's going to honor and glorify God today. I don't want to put down a brick that's, uh, as the Bible says in Corinthians chapter 3, that's wood, hay, or stubble that's going to burn up. I want to put down a brick that is gold or silver or something that's going to last and something that's going to be worthwhile in my life. And we need to be careful that every brick we lay in our life, as we build our life, is something that is wisdom-wise, something that's understanding, something that's knowledgeable that would fill our life with godly influence and that would help us construct our life for the honor and glory of God. So I hope that's helpful to you this evening as we look at those, just those nine verses as we think about building our life, as we stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the warning that You give about the company that we keep. God, that You'd help us to construct our life, Father, with the wisdom from Your Word, the fear of is the beginning of wisdom the knowledge from Your Word, God, that we would continually seek Your Word and read Your Word and understand Your Word. And then, God, as we would seek to understand and fill our lives with righteousness and with following You. God, I pray that You'd help each and every Christian 
to follow you with their life. Put down another brick that would be honoring and glorifying to you in their life. And to build a life, Father, that would stand, that would be established for your honor and for your glory. Father, we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. If your head's bowed and your eyes closed, we just have a short hymn of invitation. God spoke into your heart. There's always time. What bricks are you laying down in your life? Are you looking for God's wisdom? Sometimes, listen, it's easy to forget about God's wisdom and just live a life on our own. Not even following the world, but just following what we want to do. We need to follow God's word.